0: Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off.
1: And if you put yourself first, with little things every day. I'm not telling you to go build Rome in a day. I'm talking a little bit you know, if you've never exercised, go walk five minutes. It's all you gotta do. Yeah. Same thing with all these other muscles is you exercise them every single day. In the And I'm gonna use a financial term, the compounding effect of that, a little bit of work every day on yourself will help you be better with your time, your purpose, your relationships, your life, your business, your money, your success. It'll just 10 X in a year But you've got to choose to do something different. You must invest in yourself and you must take continued action.
0: Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life. From current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners, discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So my next guest coming to you on the Shark Effect podcast is, now he's a friend. And the reason I, I'm a big believer in relationships and because of the relationship that I have with Chris Tuff, who's, um, who was a, a guest on, on my show um, a couple of, couple of months ago, he introduced me to, to Tommy Breedlove. And so Tommy Breedlove, let me just, let me just dive in a little bit on him. That Tommy is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author and Atlanta-based business relationship and mindset coach who is a regular featured keynote speaker at global events. Now, Tommy started his 20 year corporate career at one of the largest financial consulting firms in the world. But at the top of his career, Tommy experienced a transformational moment, inspiring him to walk away from the corporate world to change his life and follow his true calling. Now we're gonna dive into that. We definitely gonna dive into that. but. Tommy now serves clients and audiences everywhere by empowering them to build and live a legendary life. Tommy, my man, how are you doing today?
1: Alex, I'd have to find something to complain about, my friend. It's an honor to be here. I'm humbled to be here. And I can't wait to uh, throw down with you over the next X amount of time, my friend. (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, man. Tell me about that, man. What was that living that that life Mm -hmm. being in the corporate world? making gazillions of dollars, you know, being, uh, you know, on top of the, on top of the world in terms of like, you know, working for a, 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 huge corporation. And then you had a transform a transformational moment. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I did, man. And it's a, it's kind of a, a phase process. So I come, it's important for the audience to know that I come from humble beginnings. I was the first person in my family to attend and or graduate college, Come from a blue collar part of South Atlanta. People work for Delta or the Coca-Cola factory, the Ford factory. So good, hardworking part of the world and wanted to do something better for myself. So this is the beginning of this journey. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, inside and outside the home, when I was a young man, I uh, grew up in and around a significant amount of abuse and violence. And so there I was, 18 years old, full ride to Georgia, half a ride to the University of Miami down in Coral Gables, Florida, and a, a few other schools, slated to go to college, be the first person. And what happens when you grow up in and around violence and abuse is unfortunately, consciously or unconsciously, you you become what you hate. And there I was at 18 years old, committed a violent crime, and rightfully so, society said, we're gonna hold you accountable to this. And, and they were right. And so unfortunately I was looking at seven years in prison, which was not really what I had in mind at 18 years old. And mm-hmm. uh, because it was my first offense as an adult and um, through some, what I would call grace of God, it was dropped down to two heavy misdemeanors. I was sentenced to two years and spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. And so what was unbelievable, something happened to me in there, though, um, this really, um, this really courageous, loving man who was in his 40s, decided to cross racial lines and speak into my life. That's very rare, because it's very, cl- you know, it's clicked on racial lines in those institutions. Mm. And for him to step across that and to mentor me to love me, hold me accountable, say, look, he called me young blood, his name was Tony. He said, young blood, you're not going to come in. You're not going to happen to what's happened to me, where it's a revolving door. I've been in and out of the system my whole life. And that's not going to happen to you. So with his love, guidance and mentorship, when I got out, picked myself up, dusted myself off. And I'm getting to the trans corporate transformation, but this is important to the story. Absolutely. Um, Dusted myself off, went to work at a nuclear waste container factory as a machine operator during the day. Put myself through community college at night. Did end up back at the University of Georgia. And within three years, went from literally a jail cell to Deloitte, which, it, which at the time was one of the largest financial consulting and public accounting firms in the world. I think it is the largest now. So in three years, with a lot of hard work, grit, picking myself up, dusting myself off, went from a cell to one of the largest consulting firm, financial consulting firms in the world. Here's where the transformation had the second transformation happened. And mm-hmm. so because of my humble beginnings, I thought that power, success, money, you know, the American dream was going to fulfill me up inside, make me happy and help me love and respect myself and live life with purpose and significance. So here I am at 36 years old. I'm in a different firm. I've been recruited out to a different firm. I've got the corner office, shiny cuff links, tailored suit, making a lot of money um, and was wondering why I was still happy, unfulfilled, miserable, felt alone and uh, couldn't ever find you know what I would call love and light and fulfillment into my life, and so when the money and power didn't fill me up, I turned to all the darkness that we hear so many horrible stories for. It it starts with a little little of this and a little of that, and then uh, at 36 years old, I was probably doing some multi million dollar deal or audit a week before I found myself in a ditch in downtown Atlanta, half dressed, didn't know where I was, looking up at the blue sky, thinking, "God, I I'm better than this." You know, I, I, who am I? Where am I going? And who's coming with me? And I decided at that moment, no more. I'm not going to look to money power. And I, I'm a big fan that money's important. If you want to make great impact in the world, money's super important. I'm a money guy, I grew up in the money world. But to find fulfillment, peace, better relationships, better friendships, better relationship with my life, literally, I almost lost everything. Almost lost my, I was a junior partner at a firm, I almost lost my career, almost lost my wife, and I almost lost my life because I was just looking for everything to fulfill me. Cause when the money and power didn't do it, I turned to everything else that society sometimes promotes and it got a little too dark for me. So when I, here's, here's the cool thing. What, what really happened, Alex, is I never dealt with those wounds, insecurities, fears from my young, as a young man. And my way of acting out was I wanted to be the most powerful guy in the room, the funniest guy in the room, the most successful guy in the room. And I was wearing all these fake masks you know, that we do sometimes because i was too scared to be myself because I thought, well, what if nobody liked me? Because I grew up being told you're not lovable and you're not worthy. And that manifested itself at 36 years old as a grown man. It was still that little boy, see me, hear me, love me because I couldn't see or hear and love myself. And that's a little woo-woo for a financial guy <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in a grown man, six foot two, you know, 200 plus mile man man. Uh, but it was the truth. And when I decided to make me my full-time job, and I'm talking about my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, and my physical health. And just find who Tommy was. Like Eminem says, was the real Slim Shady stand-up. with the real Tommy Breedlove show up? And when he showed up, and that from coaches to mentors to investing in myself to reading, you name it, I doubled down on me. Luckily, I didn't lose my marriage or my career. Um, but here's what happened to me in my life. When I made me my full-time job, I went from at the firm working to 60, 70, 80 hours a week down to 35 I went from junior partner to senior partner, to international practice leader, to elected at the board at 39 years old, owner of the firm. Most of the other people were in their sixties. My relationship with my wife became the best it ever had. My network 10 x And here's the most important part. I was happy, fulfilled, peaceful. And instead of being one of the most disliked people in the firm who was just about conquer and power, I went from one of the most beloved. And that's what happened to me by making me my full-time job. And so after that, All of these business executives, advertising execs, bankers, lawyers, entrepreneurs started reaching out to me So, look, man, this is why I was a partner at the firm. I never planned on leaving that world. Mm -hmm. Look, man, I don't know what you did, but you did something and I want some of that. So I just started coaching and mentoring men older than me, men younger than me, and just helping them through, you know, relationship issues, whatever issues there happen, loving themselves, respecting themselves, get rid of that voice inside our heads that said we're not good enough while not losing their ambition and drive. And when I realized about the 15th guy that there is something here and this is working and this is transforming their lives. Why don't I sell my equity and go chase this dream of of living this life and helping men build and live legendary lives. And that's when the book came out. That's when this program, you know, now I coach people full time. I run retreats, I run masterminds. We just bought a retreat center in Dahlonega, Georgia. We've written a best-selling book just by chasing my purpose, being intentional about what I was put here to do during this season of my life, having the courage to walk away from all that money and title and to really speak into other people's lives. And here's the here's what I think differentiates guys like you and I if we as we walk this. I still have coaches, I still have mentors. I get up every day I pray, I meditate, gratitude journal, read. I do the work every single day so that I can walk next. I'm no guru on the stage. I'm not a psychologist behind you. I'm just a guy that walks this every single day, and works hard at sharpening my pencil to help people be better than they were yesterday. And so, man, thank you for letting me share that. But that's the journey of that's, from the beginning yeah. to the end, man.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's 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 phenomenal, man. And I want to dive in on some of the, you know, on some of your points. And one of the biggest points, like you just said, is like, and I'm a big believer, like because of, you know, what I did on the, on the field and then doing a, like a deep dive on that world, there's a lot of things, a lot of gems that I, that I can pull from that. And one of them is and you know, we had coach, every coach ever dealt with, he, they always said that you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse every day. You never stay the same. And, you know, especially that what you're talking about, it's like, man, you're you're continually searching and striving to be better than you were yesterday. And that's inspirational. And that's the type of stuff that can change people's lives. And, and you know, you are a walking example of that. It's like going from where you were, the abuse part, and then acting out that abuse, right? in having to to serve your time your punishment but then coming out a better person and, and and I said this at the beginning it's like man I'm a huge believer in relationships and I, and I am because it's 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 an influencer of leadership and you had that that interaction with um Tony right in in prison and and i want to talk a little bit about that you know you said breaking you know the color barrier he was black you were white and i'm you know i've i've never been in prison i don't want to go (laughs) (laughs)
1: luckily i was in jail which served as a prison because both. but it was still it it wasn't fun man
0: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah and so (laughs) i've watched i've watched the different um uh you know movies but then the tv shows and there's one that that we're watching You know, Netflix is 60 days in and it talks about exactly what what you just talked about in terms of like there's there's racial lines that you just don't cross. But you had somebody in there that was able to do that for you. How did that? Yeah. How did that come about? Was it just something how you how you showed up? Did you say something one day and he just decided to take you under his under his wing?
1: I think, I think that the, and this has been so many years ago, that's almost 26 years ago, but I, if the way I remember it is this is, um, you know, we were at this really long lunch table and both he and I were in what we call, we eventually got to hear what they call a work release program is we would go during the day and work some, you know, washing cars, cleaning a, a government building, you know, they allowed us to go out into the community and, and make the community better and then come back at night. So the, that group of people, we, we eventually were removed from General Pop, which is a blessing, trust me, because mm. that's where the, the craziness happens. Okay, And so I got to know him because we would be on the bus together every day and talk about our different jobs and what we were going to do. And then I remember at lunch sometime, he just came over and sat down with me, which was unusual in itself, um, you know, because again everything is so niched you know on, on racial lines but him sitting down and just telling me a story and telling look man I see something in you something better than this and you know I think maybe he saw my heart spirit what he definitely saw in me Alex is something I couldn't see in myself because I was closed shop um, mm-hmm. and here's something I you know he could probably see the fear too and can I'm a I'm a big guy but back then I was really skinny in being an 18 year old kid in that place, um, a skinny white kid. And, you know, what I thought I was a wolf, I realized quickly I was a sheep, (laughs) you know, you know, and, uh, there's a whole lot more alphas in this, 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 these packs than I am. And I think he saw the fear, but I think he also saw that I didn't want to be there that I wanted to do something different. He probably saw my work ethic. He probably saw my heart. I couldn't even see all those things. I just think he saw much more in me than I could see in myself. And this guy had a lot of wisdom and been around the block five or six, 10 times and for him to sit down and, and what he did though, it wasn't just about me is what you saw when that work release community is we all started blending and honoring each other. And you, he, because of his taking the initiative and the leadership to step in with me, and then others started to follow, it really became um, a brotherhood for like And it didn't matter what color your skin was or who you were. We're all in there together. We're all in this. And we're all going out trying to rebuild our lives in whatever way we could. And he did that. I didn't do that. But he was instrumental in a lot of that happening, which was a beautiful thing.
0: Mm. Uh, have you had a chance to connect with them after, after both of you guys got out?
1: Yeah, I stayed in touch with him uh, for a couple years. And then, uh, and this is, again, the way I remember, it's been so many, 20-something years ago now, 26 mm-hmm. almost. But um, he had a difficult time not running in the same When he got out because of his, you know, his, his record and some other things. It was very difficult for him to find stable employment. And it is a revolving mm-hmm. door. There's a lot of things broken in the system. And we don't, don't have to go down that rabbit hole but he found himself in and out again and, and having to make money and do things that were outside of his, what he needed to be doing. And it just let him back in there. And he is the one who says, all right, young blood, it's time for you to go do this without me, because he was like a father to me. He was a father that I didn't have. Hmm. And uh, it was quite sad. And uh, we lost touch after that. And I, I believe that was more his decision than mine, but I would love to know where he is now. He's gotta be in his close to 70. Now, God willing, if he's still with us, you know, God willing.
0: Wow. That is something um, you talked about, like with change, like and you had a couple of those different deals, but how you change. And you said that when you was working in the firm, people wanted they wanted that, like how you change and, and changes is, is so inspirational, changing for the right reasons in the right way, of course. But can you talk a little bit about like what was some of the like the foundational principles that helped you change the way you looked at um, yourself personally, but then professionally, because, you know, you said that when you, when you, you change some things and you worked less, when when you change yourself, you start to understand, you start to kind of um, put things in order and your hours came down, but your productivity and how you kind of went up the ladder went up. Can we talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, in the financial world, results are everything. And if, if they can measure it, they will. And um, they really put an emphasis on how much time. I'm going to talk about the changes that I made in me. Yes. Um, but so the measurements were there. They could measure that, hey, his revenue on his side of the business and in the international practice is going way up. Eventually they stopped. They did care at first that, Hey man, you know, you went from 60, 70 hours, which is applauded, you know, Hey, great job, dude. Um, No matter what you give up to do that, but they didn't really care once they saw the results in us winning the rewards revenue coming to the firm, happiness, how productive the team was, et cetera. They kind of let that hourly thing go, which was good. And I was, I eventually became an owner and senior partner in the business, but the changes I made were this, is I made me my full time job. And this came Mm -hmm. through, I went through this program in Tennessee for seven days called Onsite that helped me feel, know that I wasn't alone and give me some tools. And if whatever someone told me to do, whether it was a coach, a mentor, a program, a Tony Robbins, whoever it was, whatever I was reading at the time, I did it. So the first thing to my change is I took action. You know, I tell people now go find the nearest mirror. If you're unhappy or unsuccessful in a part of your life, that's your problem and your solution. Go find it, that's your problem now. and your solution. Come on now. And uh, and so I took personal accountability in my, and, and what I like to tell people is, you know, a lot of my world, they'll work on their physical muscles. And you know this in your old world, you've got to go to practice and work on your physical body if you're going to be a world-class athlete. Well, the same goes. And in, at in, in, in the moment you stop doing that, you atrophy at five times what the gains are that you're getting in the gym and on the field. It's interesting how quickly your health and your body will go away from you. Yep. Same, it's building muscles. Well, you got to build your heart muscles, unconditional love and respect for yourself. You've got to develop that. You've got to develop your mind muscles. And that's, you know, that voice inside your head that says, what if they figure out you don't know what you're doing? Am I good enough? Am I this enough? We all got it, right? That comparison, mm-hmm. that envy and comparison bug that's in our brain. You've got to work out on that muscle every single day. And if it's important to you, and it is for me, you've got to work out on your spiritual muscle every day. Because if you don't, it, all those gains you make on your emotional, mental, and spiritual side, you'll lose them quick if you don't do them every single day. And so I decided I was going to make me my full-time job, which sounds selfish. It's not because if you work on your emotional, if you start unconditionally loving and respecting yourself, guess what? You're going to love and respect your fellow humans, your family, your significant other so much more. If you begin to master that mindset, that voice inside that, that your head that says you're not good enough, you'll start standing taller, your head up, shoulders back, and you'll walk into the room like you belong there because you believe you belong there. Your soul muscles will help you connect to, the, to God and everything that is. And know you're not alone, that we're all connected. And you start living with compassion, empathy, love. And same thing with your physical muscles. You've got, to, you've got to protect the fortress that carries it all. And if you put yourself first with little things every day, I'm not telling you to go build Rome in a day. I'm talking a little bit you know, if you've never exercised, go walk five minutes. It's all you got to do. Yeah. Same thing with all these other muscles is you exercise them every single day in the, and I'm gonna use a financial term, the compounding effect of that, a little bit of work every day on yourself will help you be better with your time, your purpose, your relationships, your life, your business, your money, your success. It'll just 10X in a year but you've got to choose to do something different. Mm -hmm. You must invest in yourself and you must take continued action. And it's really that simple. So that's what I did with all these different tools that I have in my toolbox. I talk about them a lot in my book, Legendary. Simple things you can do every day to really 10X your life. That's what I did in the results, in the firm, in my leadership, in the team, in my relationship with my wife, my friendship. And by the way, when you start doing all this work, All those soul sucking negative people in your life who are eat up in anger, fear, victimhood, jealousy, judgment, you start not wanting to hang out with them anymore and you want people doing the same thing you are and it's cliche, but it is absolute truth. You are the five people you spend the most time with. And what you'll notice is when you start investing yourself is you you don't even want to hear them anymore. You don't want to speak their language. You want to speak a new language. You want to attract people into your life that's going to lift you up. Do they make you happy, and do they make you better? And that's the two things I have in my life. If I'm going to spend some time with somebody, do they make me happy, or do they make me better? And you'll start noticing you'll, the people in your life will go away as well,
0: the mm. bad people. Yeah, look at that, man. I, I love what you what you're talking about, and you know, we speak this, you know, definitely the uh, the same language. When you you look in the mirror. And that's that's the person that can help you get out of it. That's also the person that has put you in there, like Mm. taking ownership, taking accountability. It's easy to to blame others. And and no matter what the environment, it's easy to blame others. Me, I I used to do it, but I've changed. And it's like, it's my fault. It's my fault that it went that way because I didn't communicate it, it properly. I didn't let you know how important that job was it's my fault i need to become a better communicator or i need to be a better listener and you know when i'm listening and when i'm hearing you man you are you are a man of intention like everything that you that you talk about that you are about it's about intentions speaking about that man i want to talk a little bit about your book legendary <laughs> uh, so so you you already talked a little bit about some of the some of the tools that you have in there, like working on yourself. Um, is there there? I, I know there's more tools. You, you don't have to go through the whole book, but I want some some good bullet points that myself and my listeners can take away.
1: hundred percent. And so I want to start with something that the reason I smiling so big and I don't know if the video will show or not, but I'm smiling from here. You said it, you have to have intention. And I've learned this um, from a great book that I read recently called James Victor. He said, intention without action and action without intention is worthless. He says it a little different way. He says it's BS, but intention without action and action without intention, it's useless. That is so powerful. So you have to have intention. I want to be better in all phases of my life. That's the intention. Now you got to go do something. So I love that. I just want to say that. So let's talk a little bit about legendary. And thank you for that. I'd love to talk about legendary. So let me tell you why I picked the word legendary in a world of constant self-promotion, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, fabulous in the media and all that good stuff. And we all know a lot about that. If I Tommy Breedlove called myself a legend, people would laugh me out of the room and the reason i love the word legendary is it's something society your peers your family your communities they label us legends and it has nothing to do with rich or fame you know rich and famous it has to do with did you leave this world better or worse than you found it did you live with purpose or lack of purpose did you leave a legacy and a life of significance or did you not i.e. how did you improve your community your world and your people How did you make them better or how did you make them worse? And the word legendary is given to us by so many people, or it's not. And no one's going to talk about all the things we did when we die. We're going to talk about how we made this world, how we made them feel, how we make them better, or how we made them worse. And legendary, that's why I picked the title. And my goal is to hopefully build and live a legendary life. That's the goal. So what does building and living a legendary life mean? And we go through all of these, everything I'm about to talk about and leaked in the book. It's a simple read with great stories of common people and simple tactics to apply the following things in your life. All right, so here we go. Living a legendary life is a life of purpose. It's a life with financial confidence leading to financial freedom. You can't make impact and significance if you're broke. And if anybody tells you money's not important, run from them, they're broke. That's what the great T. T. Harbecker said. So it's a life of purpose and a life of financial freedom and confidence. It's about building and sustaining the right network. We talked about network is everything. I believe my network is my net worth. It's about living, you know, we talked about some of the intangible skills, is how do we have better, more intimate relationships with our family our significant others? How do we live a life of significance? How do we conquer our time instead of our time being something out there that's being controlled by someone else? How do we conquer our time? And we are the owners of our time because it's by far our biggest asset, our time. And it's the most precious thing in our lives and we waste it so much. So we talk a lot about how do we reconquer our time and make our time home? We talk a lot about how do we master our mindset so we're not eat up in worry, fear, insecurity, judgment, martyrdom, entitlement. How do we truly master our mindset and be in charge, be proactive and not reactive in life? Let's be proactive and not reactive. And some of the final things we cover in the book as we talked about it, and so, so much it's hard for us to admit this, but so many of us are so hard on ourselves and we don't live with that unconditional love and self respect that we were born with. We were born with loving and respecting ourselves. And sometime along our life, it was sucked out of us. And so how do we regain that unconditional love and self-respect so that we can truly love and respect others? That to me is building and living a legendary life. And there's so many tools, tactics, small things you can do each and every day to just be a little bit better so that hopefully when our precious time on this earth runs out, someone, somebody somewhere said, they made our life better. And that dude was truly, or that gal was truly legendary. Mm, That's I the hope that. of the book. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: man, I really like that. And it, it's not about like, like you said, like it's not these big, you know, these big movements or this big type of type of deals that you have to do every day. It's like, like anything else to be really good at it. It takes time. It takes discipline. It's like doing the little things those little things are really important. I know, you know. For me, it's like when I was playing football and I was a little little kid, and I started and I finally got some of the uh, I guess wisdom or knowledge from guys that was older than me. Man, and hey, you do this, this will help you. <laughs> guess what I did? I did those things every day because I was like, man, they are where I want to go. They told me to do this little thing. I'm gonna do it. Every day. And That's such
1: it's, a good yeah. lesson for life. Look, find the people that you look up to. I don't care who it is. It could be your father, it could be your next door neighbor, it could be some great athlete, entertainer, business person, artist, whatever. Do what they do. I promise you, they have morning routines. I promise you, they, they are the owner of their time. I promise you, they do the daily work on themselves internally and externally. And I promise you they don't compromise their time, life, and energy to people who bring them down and follow in their footsteps, do what they did. Cause you can, anyone, if any, you and I can do this, anybody can do this. And it, again, it's about the small daily habits. It's about getting rid of some things in your life. That's the easy part, getting rid of some negative things. Well, it's not that easy, but getting rid of some of the negative influences in your life. And you know what those are mm-hmm. and start adding some of this positive light and tactics and work so that you can be more successful. You can make more money. You can be more happy. You can be more fulfilled. You can actually have loving relationships with your families and significant others. That's what to me life's all about. because here's the thing for me. The way I lived my life for 37 years, it was one big regret. It wasn't who I was. It wasn't where I wanted to go, and it wasn't the people I wanted in my life. And I don't know how many years I've got. But each and every single day, I want to be a little bit better, and I want to make this world just a little bit better. And I want to live life without regrets. I don't want to live life on someone else's terms. I don't want to live it under their vision because chances are those other people that we put so much stock into. They're not thinking about us any day. They're worried about themselves. So I want to live it in my values, my integrity, Am I better, are the people around me better. And if I'm doing that, I promise you, I will live life without regrets. And that's, what's important to me.
0: Mm. How do you, how do you get people to find their purpose?
1: I love it. I'll do it real simply. Okay. It's an art and a science. I'm gonna do it simply. Okay. Purpose is three things. It's the intersection of the following three things. So stay with me, y'all. All right. Purpose is f- first and foremost your God-given talents, things to come that people come to you advice for something you're truly good at. Um, it's it's your superpower. It's your talents. Your God-given. It could be from when you were a child all the way to your adult. So what are your God-given talents? Some of your, some many of us are so hard on ourselves that we don't think we have any. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, I promise you it's not true. If you don't know what your superpowers are, your God-given talents and gifts, go ask the five closest people to you: your friends, your family, your colleagues, ask them what your superpowers are. I guarantee you, they start listening them out. I guarantee you they're consistent. So first step one of your finding your purpose is what are your God-given talents Step two is you must love doing that talent. If you don't like or love doing it, you're just not going to do it. So of that list that you either came up with of your superpowers and God-given talents or someone else did it for you, what are the items on that that you love doing that you truly enjoy doing? Cause like I'm world-class at helping companies and people make a lot of money. Um, I don't love doing that anymore. So I don't focus on that as much. (laughs) So you got to love doing it. Okay. Step three. And it's the intersection of those three things. We'll go back. Step one, God given talents meets things meets the, the talents that you love doing. The most important and final piece of the puzzle is what do you believe your fellow humans, yourself, your communities, or this world needs? So the intersection of those three things, and I'm gonna help you with that last section. If you get overwhelmed, and it could be just your fellow human next door, does he need more love life? Does he need someone to speak into his life? Does he need someone to hold space? It could be as simple as that. It could be all the way up to racial, social, political, world peace, hunger, whatever your thing, it could be that large, but it could also be very macro. If you don't know right off the top of your head, what you think the world needs, Think about the things that you despise. What are behaviors and people in, or the country, or the, what do you see out in the world that really upsets you, that really pisses you off? Because the flip side of that is what you believe the world needs. So, see, the different side of that coin is your principles, your core values, your non negotiables. So, here's what you do. The intersection of your God-given talents, the things you love doing, and the things that you need—that you think a person or the world needs, where those three intersect, that is your purpose. And here's the action. Here's the actionable step. You must take your God-given talents, the ones that you enjoy, and you must go use those to help that person, yourself, your community, or that organization or whatever, go use that to help make them better and to help make impact. Purpose is the, the, the birthplace of fulfillment. It's the birthplace that when you look at the fire at the sky and say, why am I here? That's it. And here's what's a cool thing about purpose. Your purpose changes depending on the season of your life. And what else is beautiful about it is that you have a purpose until your very last breath. So it changes during the season of your life and you have a purpose here. We're here to serve. We're here to serve a, another person, a community or an organization, something that we truly believe in but you must use your God given talent and you can do this inside or out of your business. It doesn't matter. You can do it either way. It has nothing to do with, but if it does, it's amazing, even better, but it's using your God given talents, the things that you enjoy doing to make this world just a little bit better. And I promise you from fulfillment to peace of mind, to feeling like you're significant, the feeling like your life matters. Once you start serving others in your purpose, I'm telling you your happiness, fulfillment, the way you feel about yourself, it's gonna go up so exponentially. So that's what purpose is. So thank you for letting me share that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man, I love that. I love it. I love to get different um, viewpoints, right? And here's another one. What do you, for you, what
1: is leadership? For me, <clears throat> here's what I would say about leadership. Two ears and one mouth. Leadership to me starts with listening. Um, I think sometimes as leaders, we think we have all the answers and we need to step in. So le- it's about listening, being open-minded to the opinions, thoughts of others. It's about not compromising your values or integrity. It's about speaking when it, when you need to speak, but listening when you need to listen. It's about taking action. And so to me, leadership is something that, you know, you learn how to be a, a great leader by learning all of your mistakes, right? Well, that didn't work. And that, that did. So it's also about wisdom. So to me, when I think about great leadership, I think about the great listeners of the world. It's not about yourself. It's about others. So, so many leaders want to make it about them. Selfishness, power, um, whatever. It's not about you. It's about others. It's about making other people better. It's about helping them manifest the best in themselves. So that, that is with listening, open-mindedness, questioning, like questioning, you know, till you get the best out of them and Mm -hmm. where you need to go. It's about being vulnerable, looking in the mirror and saying, I don't have all the answers and I need you guys as much as you need me. And it's about putting all that together and taking action to solve whatever problem, whether in business life, that's leadership. And knowing that you're not alone, that you don't have all the answers and listening above all else. To me, that's what leadership is.
0: Yeah. And that's the toughest one you're talking about with, uh, showing vulnerability, right? It's, people people don't wanna, they don't wanna say that. They don't wanna like, hey, I need help. Or, um, you know, all the things that you just said, like a lot of people, they think they have all the answers. But I think sooner rather than later, you can tell them, hey, I don't have all the answers, I messed up. And I do this all the time. I practice leadership at home all the time, you know, because we have eight kids. And so I'm not, I used to be, I didn't want to share my, my faults, all the stuff, the bad things I did when I was their age, but I understand like how powerful that is that they can see through me change. I'm not the same person I was when I was 18, 22, 27 year old. And hopefully I've gotten better. You know, in different in different parts of my life, like how I communicate and how I show up and how I make people feel, because back then I didn't care how you felt. I was about me. You know, and it's and it's you know it's, it's one of those things that when you can um when you can share, you can be vulnerable. I don't care what I don't care if you're a leader of a of a five oh you know a, a nonprofit or of a corporation. When you can be able your to your yeah, or the family is to be able to like communicate, understand like that how you make them feel is a powerful, intuition is a powerful influencer. And so I want I want my people to feel, I want whoever come in contact with me, I want them to be inspired. And I want them to, to feel like, man, I have your best interest. And sometimes it's going to be like, I'm going to tell you the things that you're showing me, not that you're telling me, but the things Mm. that you're showing me, because that is a part of character. You can talk the game. And I've been around some of the the best talkers on earth in the NFL locker room. Okay. Smooth talkers, but actions are key.
1: I think that's, and that I, no one likes a leader less then he says all the right things and does all the wrong things. You're telling me to do one thing, but you're doing the exact opposite. That's walking the walk. They gotta be able to walk the walk. And the toughest thing in the world is to lead ourselves. And here's what all of those mistakes, experiences and actions we've taken in our lives, that's where wisdom happens. And this world is thirsty for wisdom and we can't get wisdom without pain, mistakes, action and experiences. People are craving authenticity. You know, everybody's over the Instagram fabulous nonsense. We need to know where you've been, what mistakes you've made, and what did you learn from them. That's where wisdom happens. And here's what happens when we're honest about our mistakes, our tragedies, our triumphs, is we give people the gift of going second. The world craves authenticity, honesty, and vulnerability. It craves it. Even the alpha males, they crave it because they don't have it figured out. They don't have all the answers and they're scared to death just like everybody else. And when guys like you and I, big guys, successful guys, lean in and we talk about our wisdom from our mistakes, our tragedies, our triumphs, our experiences, we give them the gift of going second, which allows them to open up and talk. And that's where true conversation and true growth happens. And so I think you're spot on Alex. What absolutely.
0: Said, absolutely. Thank you. No, I said, and then, and then it's just a loop. it becomes a loop but you have to be willing to to open up and share those things first and then it becomes a vulnerability type of loop and i think that's when you know you talk about like your network um i want to just ask you a little bit about that like 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 your network is so is your net worth right now how do you how do you go about building that network of like-minded they might you know i want my network to be Smarter than me. I want to be able to get knowledge however I want to. But how do you go about building that?
1: Absolutely. And I go in depth and legendary about this. If I forget something, go there. There's a whole month more about this. But to me, um, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get the negative part of your network out of your life. And you can do that slowly with grace, compassion. Mm -hmm. It's not that you don't love them, it's you just can't have them around you. So if there's people who are energy drains, they're judging, they're negative, they're not going in the direction you wanna go in your life, whether it's happiness, success, fulfillment, business, whatever it might be, you gotta get those out because you gotta make room for other people. Second thing about building a great network is you gotta do the work yourself. Alex just said it, you gotta walk the walk. So it doesn't matter if it's a CEO or someone just getting started, if you're out there hustling, like building your heart muscle, your mind muscle, your soul muscle, your physical muscle, and your business muscle, you will start, I know it sounds woo-woo, but you will start attracting those people in your life because they will see, you You will change. Your attitude will change, your mindset will change, your service mentality will change, your, your ambition, people will see that you want it, you're hungry for it, and it's contagious. Darkness attracts darkness and light attracts life. And so you'll start attracting those people. But once those people start coming into your life, when you start meeting this network and you start opening space up for more people in your network, you always have to start from a service mentality. An amateur move is saying, may I pick your brain? That is code for I want to use you and your time. And my, my desire is more important than your time. Mm. So when you have coffee with someone or go for a walk or break bread or meeting someone new in your life that you want to get to know better, or that you want to do a business or a collaboration with, or you just want to follow in their footsteps, always ask them, how can you help them? How mm-hmm. can I help you? And it could be just doing some work, a simple smile, a word of advice, encouragement. But if you ask how people can help you them first, even if you don't think you can help them, you can help them. But just mm-hmm. putting that energy out there, that service mentality, you're not taking. And you, I don't care where you are in life. If you've invited them to meet you, buy them the cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. care where you are in life, buy them the cup of coffee. Ask how you can help them. Be prepared to give them a name if they need it. Chris Tuff gave you my name, right? Because, yep. you know, I worked with him for a long time and we're best of friends now. Always provide them with a name and always ask them, with them from a name. Because what you if you do the work, you get rid of the negative people, the people you meet and reach out to. If you come to how can I help you and not how can I take from you and truly make it a quid pro quo, a give and receive, give and receive relationship, introduce them to like-minded people just like you or who could help them or vice versa. Because as Chris, the great Christophe says, is we all have currencies. It doesn't matter where you are on the ladder of life. You bring something to the table to help and serve that other person. Offer that help and service. Offer it to introduce them to someone. And I promise you they will offer to introduce you to someone. And over time, if you're doing the work and you're vibrating with love, light, success, ambition, you're going to attract that into your life and that's how you grow a world class network.
0: Mm. That's, that's that's fantastic, man. I want to ask you before I, before I get you get you on to, to you know to the rest of your day, man. How do you how do you structure your life? Like from the moment, like when you I'm gonna say like when you when you wake up or whatnot. But it's just like man. It seems like you are very like you're intentional with things, and so I just want to kind of dive into and Tommy's head real quick.
1: Because I'm in the purpose and pain business, I have to, like I help people with financial confidence, conquering their time, finding purpose, help them make big decisions, business and financial and change in their life, whether in a group setting, I have to be totally on. So I have to be intentional. I can't be Mm -hmm. slow and I've got to do the work because I carry people's pains, their problems, their challenges, their changes, but I also help them get the best out of themselves. And so for me, I have to be intentional. And so the moment I wake up, and I'm not kidding on this, and I have trained myself to do this, the first thing I look up in the sky, I say, thank you. It's the biggest, it's a moment of gratitude that I get another day. I get another day on this earth. It's also one of the most powerful prayers if that's important to you, just saying thank you. And you know, after doing all the things that we do when we first get up, I'm intentional about going into my morning routine. So every single day of my life, Physical fortress, you got to, you got to, you got to work out 30 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour a day, work out. You've got to, I meditate every single day of my life. I pray every single day in my life. I write things I'm grateful for every single morning in my life. And I think it's somewhere now it's not next to me. I'd show it to you. Um, I have a gratitude and affirmation journal. So even after all this work and success, I write my gratitudes and affirmations every single day. I take time to read every single day. I think those of us who don't read are no better than those who can't. Reading is the single most life-changing thing I put in my life. So I read business books, inspirational books, self-development books, and books about people that I look up to. But also every single morning, I've got five or 10 or 15, what I would call great wisdom books. Some of them are thousands of years old. If if wisdom and books have lasted a thousand years, there's a reason because there's some truth in it. Mm -hmm. So I read uh, passages from those every single day from the Bible to the Daily Stoic to the 365 Tao. And there's a bunch of others that I read that I that I acquire great wisdom, great self-confidence and great knowing I'm not alone. And there's universal truths in this world. And so every single day I'm dogmatic between 60 to 90, sometimes two hours. If I'm if I'm struggling a little bit, I'll go into two hours. More writings, more meditation, more readings, more this, and um, and if I miss it every now and then, I'm not perfect. Believe it or not, our teammates will do it with me. Like my teammates, they're like, "Hey, you want to you want to throw down a 20 minute meditation? Yeah!" So we all do it together, and so we're very dogmatic about how I start my day because it gets me it gets me physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually fit to go hold space for people just getting started and very powerful people, because in order for me to serve my family. Uh, my friends. I'm very dogmatic about my time. I believe that one no is better, better than a thousand yeses. So if it doesn't fall in that, that lens of, does it make me happy or better? It doesn't get through. My team helps hold me accountable to that. I'm very dogmatic about who I accept meetings with and who I don't. And it's all about serving, growing. And I'm very intentional about building. When I'm at work, we have a grid now. And if, if, something doesn't fall in our three priorities for this quarter we put it off we put it on an idea board or let's think about that later board but we don't do it so we're laser focused we're laser intentional i have a morning routine i don't break here's the most important thing too i've now kept my my nights fluid for fun family friendships fun family friendships because if we're not having fun we're not with the people we care about and we're not nurturing our friendships. And we can't nurture a thousand friendships. We gotta find five to 10 that this are truly loving. Chris Tuff's one for me. I'm mm-hmm. intentional about spending time with those people. I'm intentional about fun. I'm intentional about, and I'm intentional about rest. And so those are that's a snippet of my day. I could go even more into all of those things but I'm, I'm, I'm very dogmatic about my morning routine. I don't take meetings before nine. If you get a meeting with me before nine, you've done something. You've you've somehow crossed a lot of boundaries that I didn't know about. And that happened recently because that's my morning me time between five and nine from walking my dogs, to exercising, to meditation, to prayer, to reading, to sometimes I get quiet and think about a vision. Like there's something I need to work on in myself or in my business. I'll get quiet and just have a notebook and start writing. So journaling is a big part of my routine and I I could bore you to death, but I am super, super, super intentional about investing in me first so that I can hold space for others. Man, I love that.
0: I love that. Tommy, can you, can you share some of your, your social media, your website? I want to know when this retreat is. Come on now, give it up. Absolutely, man. Uh, I'm
1: going
0: to put this (laughs) in the show notes too, but
1: Absolutely. Uh Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn at Tommy Breedlove. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Tommy Breedlove. I mean, just look up Tommy Breedlove. If you look at me on if you Google Tommy Breedlove, the first 80 things are gonna be me. Okay. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> we worked hard in that. <laughs> um, but we're always putting life hacks, money hacks, inspiration, love light. We never put darkness, judgment. We don't put any of that political nonsense out there. We just want everyone to be. Happier, more successful, better people, better humans, and, and find more love in their life. And so we're constantly putting goodness, light, tools, tactics all about there. My book, Legendary, thank goodness it's a USA Today and Wall Street. But so it's in all of your favorite bookstores. It's an audible format, electronic format, hardback, softback, wherever you want, whatever your flavor is, it's available at whatever bookstore you like. It's there. Um, my next retreat's coming up in January. We actually have a home. We just bought the top of a mountain, believe it or not, in Dahlonega, Georgia. If we're allowed to all get together, we will meet there. Um, it's got a lodge, a guest house and two other homes that we're going to, it's going to be our home base for our legendary life foundational retreats. That is the precursor for you, anyone to be in my mastermind. We make you go through that retreat because we want to build trust connection. We want to help you get better and help you get ready to move forward fast. And so that retreat's coming up in mid-January. And my website is TommyBreedLove.com. And I do want to say this, Alex, because this is a weird time when you and I are recording this. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to TommyBreedLove.com forward slash gifts, I have a Southern accent, so I'll spell that for you. G-I-F-T-S, TommyBreedLove.com forward slash gifts. We're giving away the Financial Confident and Mindset chapters. Excuse me, the Financial Confident and Freedom chapters and the Mastering Your Mindset chapters. Because so many people are dealing with fear, insecurity, worry, what's happening in the world, and and we're uncertain about our money and economics. These two chapters, they're short. There's tactics. It's simple. Apply them into your life. We're giving them away free. So if you go to tommybreedlove.com forward slash gifts, we'll give you those two chapters. And as a bonus, we'll give all all sorts of stuff on purpose as well. I I never like sharing that. I like people to be surprised so they get more than they want but yeah. it's free. We're giving those away because we, we want to give back and help people during these days. So Tommybreedlove.com forward slash gifts. We'll give you all that stuff. Check us out on social media. We put a lot of love and light out there and a lot of, a lot of life hacks too, and stuff that we see every single day in our clients. So yeah, thank you for letting me share that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tommy, man, I can spend another another hour with you man. <laughs> but I, I feel I definitely have you on again, man. I want to I want to talk a little bit more with you and 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 hear some of your, you know, this, uh, the 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 life hacks in the financial literacy um element that you bring. So man love to yeah yeah absolutely man thank you so much man for being a, a guest on the Shark Effect.
1: Alex what an honor brother I'm humbled and Here's to all of us participating in our own rescue, looking in the mirror, and to know that's the problem and the solution, and taking action and continued action just to be a little bit better than we were yesterday, and to start loving and respecting ourselves so that we can start loving and respecting others. Here's to all of us doing that each and every day.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon. In the uh, paper, paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is intentionally created for is for those who are looking to to transition. Whether you were an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. And I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And You got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there